Hi, this is Carrie Ann Eber, Poetry and Interview Editor. And I'm Stephen Scott Whitaker, and this is the Broadkill Review Podcast for Winter 2021. So in this episode, we're going to explore two poems by Sarah Youngblood Gregory. The first is You Say My Name. You Say My Name. The only time you say my name is when you are furious. The hard S is hot oil and smoke you push me. In the shopping cart at the end of the world, the shelves are empty. You tell me accountability is a deal breaker. Is it worth saying you leaving would be the real panic? The shelves are empty. The cheap metal shoves into my shoulder blades. You tell me to stop being a brat. It stopped being cute last March. The center of my 20s is housing instability, or maybe watching the world pandemic. And is it worth saying our first memory was 9-11? The second is a cold swimming pool. Now you sound just like my father. He kicked me out two months after we met and exploded. You pushed me towards apocalypse with that word, accountability. What am I supposed to do with a word I've never felt? The shelves are empty and we're behind the glass. Everyone in this central Florida town, they run around us because there is no water, but so much candy. Carrie, demystify, if you can, what drew you to this piece. Well, I think, first of all, the image of the shopping cart, it's such a strong image for me. It made me remember when I was a teenager pushing people around in shopping carts, you know, it had a sort of light feel. And then when I had children pushing my children around, you know, in shopping carts. So I think that was highly relatable. But then there was something about the the familiarity of the shopping cart pushing up against the surprising a little bit of violence and tension and so i think that that's the strangeness of the familiar really drew me to it and it's funny because when i was reading it the first time it reminded me of a quote from the movie in the 80s nine and a half weeks There's an older um, artist that the main character goes to see. And she says, I don't understand how you capture these moments. And he says that it's the moment when the thing is so familiar that it becomes strange. And I've always remembered that. So this is what I what drew me to the poem. So familiar, yet so surprising and strange. How does this poem rise above a typical pandemic poem? Well, I think a lot of the pandemic poems that I have read give a lot of agency to the pandemic. So the grief and loneliness, disconnection, claustrophobia, they sort of infiltrate the speaker's pre-pandemic life. But in this poem, the speaker's psychological state is sort of infiltrating the pandemic in a way. And then that's where these metaphors are being drawn out and they feel so raw and so true. So the speaker has more agency here and has the focus, I think. It makes it a lot different. The you in the poem and the father in the poem are intertwined and create this emotional tension throughout. 
Additionally, the poet uses a lowercase i, which also affects that emotional landscape. What do you see playing out here? Well, I think that the speaker of the poem, the voice of the speaker, using the lowercase i, I think it gives it a gives the effect of sort of a shrinking of having a submissive stance. It's self-deprecating in a way. And since the speaker themselves is doing it, it, it really adds to that effect. The father and the you are the ones that are in control in this kind of narrative. And the way that Sarah read, you push me, that line, you push me, stands on its own. So when I read it, I followed the enjambment to the next line, you push me in the shopping cart. So I thought it was really interesting the way she read it, gave it, it opened it up a little bit more and it kind of gave it that dominating charge. The you is pushing the I and not just in the shopping cart. So it's a little more emotional there. I used to hear all the time that we marry our parents, you know, whatever that relationship is, is the romantic relationships that you sort of tend to, to go towards. So I think the intertwining of the, um, the you and the father makes a lot of sense. And the I is just sort of continuing the type of relationship that they're used to, which is that sort of submissive stance. And I thought it was interesting that when Sarah read it, she added a couple lines to the poem that appears in the current issue. She adds, is it worth saying you leaving would be the real panic? The shelves are empty. That adds to the emotional tension and that fear of the I being abandoned by the you. They had been abandoned by their father as well. So there's that intertwining again, that parallel. And I just, I think that line is a really great add to the poem. The second poem by Sarah Youngblood Gregory is Vertigo. Vertigo begins with a footnote. Benign proximal positional vertigo, or BPPV, is one of the most common causes of vertigo. BPPV is a result of tiny crystals in your inner ear being out of place. The crystals make you sensitive to gravity and help you keep your balance. A crystal matrix serves as a reliable motion sensing map until crystals break free, drifting into one of the other ears three semicircular balance canals and create havoc. Normally, a jelly-like membrane in your ears keeps the crystals where they belong. When they are out of place, the crystals make you sensitive to movement and position changes that normally don't affect you, sparking vertigo. I got this from the Mayo Clinic. Vertigo. 10 days before I am disowned, my head spins. Three days after I am disowned, my mother on the phone screaming, I am sick, I am sick. And the world, sick, starts to spin again, but faster again, but full time. It's the crystals in my ears. It was the road trip, the mountains, the badlands, the Arizona desert, that goddamn fire, that plane to New York, the altitudes, or all three. Fill up ear canals full of fluid. 
the ocean, and mother's wet, young blood. How dare you write that? Straight to my brain and suffocate. Crystals in my head decide when earth is flat, when we, you, me, mother, think how this affects us, walk straight. Crystal four and final is gravity. Like a compass, the only one not in my head spins till I am sick. Sick all over some dress and frills, I sink to the surface. Grasp, puke, rip off lace. All you ever do is run away. Is vertigo a prose poem? Or a poem that uses prose to mimic vertigo's uneasiness? What's happening, do you think, here with this parenthesis, the white space, and of course, the wonderful snaky prose-like construction? Well, I like that you called it snaky prose because that's the feel I get when I'm reading it. Um, so Sarah laid the poem out on the page in a way that puts the reader in a spin immediately. I think um, one of the important parts formally is the white space. It's inconsistent. You can't find any kind of pattern. So some lines don't have any spaces and one line has four spaces which kind of speeds up the vertigo in a way, if you think of the white space as breaths, you feel the spinning. So I think that the poem really uses the prose to mimic the vertigo. And I'm kind of avoiding your first question because I don't know if it's exactly a prose poem, but the prose amplifies the overall effect. It's like struggling with a narrative when you're trying to tell somebody a story and then you're physically thrown off by the vertigo. And then if you add the emotional drama between the speaker and their mother, it's truly dizzying. I think without the poem, I mean, without the prose, it wouldn't be as strong. Open up this dystopian apocalyptic landscape for us. The external forces are mentioned in the second stanza. So they're the mountains, the badlands, the Arizona desert, fire, a plane trip to New York, the ocean. So it's almost all over the United States. It's a road trip that made me think of Mad Max and it made me think of Furiosa, especially. We also have the mother's wet young blood, which isn't explained. I thought that was interesting, but it sort of adds to the landscape of the darkness and adds to, I think, the vertigo as well, just all over the place and a lot of movement. That's really the dystopian landscape. We'd like to thank Sarah Youngblood Gregory for her poetry and also for these wonderful recordings and readings. Sarah is a lesbian poet and culture writer. She serves on the board of directors for the lesbian literary and arts journal, Sinister Wisdom. Her work has been published or forthcoming in The Rumpus, Tahoma Literary Review, Queen Mobs, and The Adroit Journal. You can read Sarah's poems in our current issue of the Broadkill Review. The Broadkill Review is an imprint of Broadkill River Press, founded by Jamie Brown. The Broadkill Review is a quarterly literary journal and is part of a special digital collection at Delaware Public Library. Submissions are open. Visit us at broadkillreview.com.